When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst at PFF. Uh, thank you all for coming back for another episode. We've come a long way, but we're officially reaching the end of rookie season here in June. There aren't many rookie drafts left, but there is still one important piece to cover as far as this podcast is concerned, and that's those damn fine and exciting rookie linebackers that everyone loves so much. Uh, and hell, I do too. So. Let's get it. Yes, we are talking rookie linebackers today, but really, that is just the secondary benefit of this podcast, because number one, on what I assume is everyone's list as to why they're tuning in, and the reason I even bothered peeling myself off the couch tonight for this episode, is to get to listen to and talk to the one and only Kyle Bellyfuel. KB, how's it hanging, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man, and yeah, you're just too kind to me, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. I, I know people are tuning in just for you. They don't really care about linebackers. These, these episodes do well because it's you, man. That 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 much I can guarantee. I, I mean, I appreciate. It. I'd love to agree. I'm not sure, but I'll take it. It's been you know been a long few weeks here, so I'll, I'll take it. But no, I appreciate it, man. Hell yeah! Well, I appreciate you coming back. And yeah, talking linebackers. It wasn't you know the most exciting draft for linebackers. Yeah. Like last year was okay, but I feel like you know as the years have kind of progressed we haven't really got like a bunch of juicy landing spots we've yeah. got some okay ones in here yeah. um but i feel like for the most part we're kind of waiting out a lot of these guys i don't know if you i mean how many you saw differently but that, that's kind of the general feel that i think for this this year anyways yeah absolutely i was gonna say i think we should like give all the listeners a warning they're gonna hear the word patience probably a lot right. i figured <laughs> yeah um, i know like i think last year so uh the the post draft was like temper expectations so maybe yep. this year we'll just transition to patience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Next year, it's just going to be forget about it. Just don't <laughs> even bother. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As the NFL devalues the position even yeah. further, we're just going to be like, right. yeah, don't, don't even worry about it. Don't yeah. draft linebackers. Yeah. Um, It'll be a four minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it, it's true. I mean, patience and, and taxi squad, those are going to be yeah. the, the key words i think for for if you're doing this as a drinking game because yeah we're it's going to be mentioned quite a bit and i mean we have the first what 10 linebackers drafted as our talking yep. points for this episode and, and we'll, we'll go over our thoughts on the landing spots and what we expect from them as idps and and kind of where we're targeting them in in rookie drafts and uh which ones are being are bringing their lunch pails to work, ready to grind for fantasy <laughs> glory, obviously. And, you know, we'll have a couple uh, sleepers in there to throw in the end as well. So, um, I mean, without further ado, we'll, we'll get into it here. Uh, so 
we'll start things off. I, I mean, there's been a fair bit of talk about this first linebacker taken since the draft wrapped, but I, I don't think the two of us have really talked about it so much. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to hearing your take on Jack Campbell taking his lunch pail to hockey town and, and working for his dad, uh, Dan. Uh, what did you think about Jack Campbell going to the first to Detroit? Love that. Yeah, um, I know in the, uh, you know, the, the pre-draft episode, we were both pretty, I think we said smitten with, was the word you used with uh, with Campbell. Um, so seeing him get that that first round draft capital as 18th overall was, I mean, just just super ideal, right? And um, like you said, he's he's Dan Campbell's son. So the fit mm-hmm. is just perfect. Um, I don't know, did you, uh, did you happen to see my buddy Chris, shout out to my buddy Chris, as a big Detroit fan, um, the whole thing with, the, with Tampa Bay and... Um, they had the next pick, and they were in on Campbell too. Apparently, oh really? Yeah, they the said they were, were in on him. Yeah, yeah. That's what oh. my buddy Chris was telling me. And I googled it, gave it a quick goog, and uh, so apparently they were looking at Campbell or Kalija Cansey, and they said, "Well, Detroit went linebacker, so we, we went Cansey." So that was kind of interesting to oh. see that they had a high that high of a grade on him as well, because there was the whole question of like, "Wow, was Detroit the only team that high?" It was kind of my thought was like, right. the only team that had that grade on." So I, was, I thought that was kind of an interesting point to see that they felt that highly strongly about him as well. So, yeah, um, it is. I, yeah. I, I did not see that. Um, yeah, yeah, we it were kind of makes sense too, right? Because there were Devin White trade rumors going around. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. There is a Tampa Bay linebacker in this in this episode that we'll talk yep. about that that we'll kind of get into that. But I did not know that they were in on Jack Campbell. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was just uh, they said that was you know when Detroit went linebacker, we went KNC type thing, and they were so yeah. sound, you know I didn't see the quote unquote on it exactly. I don't remember what it was. I read it, but yeah, it sounds like they were they were looking at him pretty hard as well. So, um, but yeah, so that, I thought that was a really cool um, uh, tidbit too to go along with the first round capital. Is that another team had him, you know, felt that strongly about him. Um, I, I really like his dynasty, his overall look with the pairing of the capital, the fit in Detroit, and the fact that, you know, he is Dan Campbell's son, like you said. Um, he's, as we labeled him, you know, the lunch pail king. He's just your classic volume tackling Iowa linebacker who's built for IDPs, showing up with them classic lays, the ham sandwich, Mountain Dew, ready to go to work every day. You know, he's he's bringing, he's bringing it to the Motor City. Um, I Yeah, I, I like I like Campbell's uh, long-term dynasty outlook. Um I mean, I th- honestly, I think he's going to be a, a viable option in redraft. I'm not, you know, reaching for him because he right. is a still, but you know, he, he he should be out there. I I don't know how you feel. I you know, I, I think initially um, it hurts Malcolm Rodriguez the most. Um, you know, with with uh, the Prince of Asgard mm-hmm. alone getting the the, the three year was eighteen million dollar deal. So it looks like Campbell and Anzalone are likely starters. Um, so I think Rodrigo takes the hit. Unfortunately, you know, he's a fan favorite and IDP darling. But um, not looking great for him in year two, as things sit. But yeah. and uh, you know, you know that said about I really like Campbell's dynasty outlook long term, and the fact that hopefully he's dethroned the Prince of As- Asgard as the leader of the defense. Yeah, that that, that that's the ultimate hope, right? <laughs> I mean, if we can, yeah, uh, GTFO Alex Anzalone, that that would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean this this was our. Are both of our top linebackers yeah. in the pre-draft process, right? So, um, yeah, we really liked it. You nailed the landing spot. You actually called Detroit. Um, I did, right? right? I'm, yeah, I'm like it's one for thirty, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. It's not, not bad. bad. It's not, not bad. zero. It's, yeah, it's better than zero. So I'm all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, obviously, you know, it's a good spot um, to hopefully uh, su- supplant 
uh, Alex Anzalone. I mean, friggin' Lions Twitter's actually putting out like Alex Anzalone hype clips already. <laughs> uh, somehow, I, I did not expect this at all, but there's, <laughs> I thought for sure it would just be Jack Campbell hype clips. Right. Um, so that that's a little concerning, but uh, it is just the Twitter um, account. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the only thing, you know, with Campbell going to Detroit for me, he, you know, we, we talked about this pre draft, but he didn't always showcase showcase like the best man coverage ability during mm-hmm. his time at Iowa, which yep. could create like a slight learning curve um, as the Lions were one of the more man heavy teams in the league last season. Yep. Um, but I think the key for Campbell, at least being a successful IDP, uh, just relying on him overcoming a system that, you know, on paper isn't one of the more linebacker friendly schemes for tackle efficiency, mm-hmm. but everything that he's shown at Iowa makes him probably the best bet among linebackers in this class to actually be able to overcome Um the scheme itself so i mean for this year i have him as lb27 right now um he's the you know he's the clear rookie lb1 for me and i think i have Mm. him as idp2 overall but lb27 hedging a little bit that you know alex anzalone is probably going to get in there I, i have a belief that he'll overcome and and eventually lead this group uh in snaps but it's a risk for sure. So LB 27 for me, I mean, and then in rookie drafts, I've seen him going toward the back half of the first round in rookie drafts to the early part of the second round and in like one QB league. So I I definitely feel more comfortable with him in that kind of 203, 205 range in 12 team leagues. But I I understand anyone who has a need for a linebacker and and a love for Campbell to target him a, a bit earlier than that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I've been seeing a lot of, especially the one QBs, like you said, late first with, mm-hmm. with Campbell. And I think that's solid. And uh, I've seen a couple of early seconds. But, um, you know, I think if you want them, you're going to have to, that late first starts creeping up. You're going to have to start targeting them. And yeah. um, the super flex changes things a little. It pushes up, you know, yeah. the, the QBs and stuff. But, um, no, I mean, you, you make a lot of excellent points. You know, like it is, you know, he is the LB1 of this class. It's the most exciting as far as we're early impact we're projecting. But, you know, it is always iffy, right? You don't want to just necessarily go all in on him and redraft as well and expect, you know, 150 tackles right away. Right. Um, but, you know, he should be a viable option. As you said, you had an LB27. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that's really a really solid uh, ranking for him. But, um, yeah, and, and uh, like you said, the scheme as well, he's got to overcome a little bit of, of a deficiency in man coverage because they do mm-hmm. run it. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you like to think that w- with them investing that, that high of a, of a draft pick and I'm 18th overall that they feel they can get them there. So let's yeah. hope that let's hope that happens. And li- being a liability in coverage will get you off the field. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> let's, let's hope. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and that's kind of where the hope comes from, right? Like I, there was hope even last year that Malcolm Rodriguez might supplant mm-hmm. Alex Anzalone, but, and he was a fifth round pick. Right. I, they're spending a first round pick on, on Jack Campbell. We, we, we liked him a lot. We, we liked what yeah. we saw in, in college. I think he has a, a decent shot to, to basically be the LB one as a rookie, but it's not a guarantee, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, let's go to uh, the next guy drafted. So this, there was only one linebacker taken in the first round and not a single linebacker in the second round. I'm not counting. um, Yeah, actually, well, Marte Mapu was in the third anyways. Uh, Drew Sanders uh, goes to the Denver Broncos, uh, third round pick out of Arkansas. So uh, I think 
when he was drafted, there were maybe some questions or, or ambiguity in, in how the Broncos might want to use Sanders in this defense. And th- there still could be to a point, but just paying, att- paying attention to the first bit of like OTA news, it appears that he's working with the off-ball linebackers and any video I've seen from him like doing drills appears to be uh, linebacker drills as well. So I, I think that situation is clearing up a little bit. Um Right now, because there was talks of him potentially playing maybe more of an edge role to start his career, uh, especially with Josie Jewell and 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 Kingleton established veterans in that typical uh, linebacker role. So th- the pass rush upside is there for him. We talked about that as well. We highlighted it in the pre-draft pod because mm-hmm. of his like history as a former five-star defensive end. So I, I think it's possible he gets some like sub-package usage in that area, especially considering that he's still relatively inexperienced in a typical mm-hmm. linebacker role, which I, I do think is important to factor in. I, I really do believe that you know experience at the position is one of the more important things to contribute to success at the position. So I'm okay waiting on him before getting too excited about his IDP prospects. Like you say, uh, patience is is important here. Josie Jewell is is still under contract for this season. And and I really like his chances of emerging as a potential top 10 linebacker this year. Uh, Obviously Kingleton's going to find his way to IDP relevancy, even if it isn't a full-time workload. So that's never stopped him before. So I even like him as a top 24 option this year. Um, there, there's definitely a chance that Sanders can emerge as a starter this year, but I, I think it's more than likely going to take uh, maybe an injury or just like a ridiculously good offseason for uh, now someone who, you know, I'm probably not targeting in redrafts. But uh, for rookie drafts, uh, he's my LB2, and I, I'd be looking to target him maybe more in the earlier part of the third round in those 12-team 1QB leagues. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm with you, man. Patience, right? I'm more looking for next year. But I do think there is a chance he makes an impact in maybe a smaller role of some mm-hmm. sort. And like you mentioned, with, with Sanders in his you know one year at off ball, but he was a five-star defense fan, his pass rush, I mean, edge guy, defense fan, whatever you call it. And then his the pass rush ability showed um, while, while playing off ball even and um there was some question marks on where how is he going to be used in denver scheme and then you know like you said he's working with the linebackers i know shortly after the draft uh sean payton said they had envisioned him as playing playing at inside linebacker and then he also talked about him being tagged uh, they're looking at him as a pressure player as, as he called it quote unquote um you know and then he said this was a player by ed ready and he said not all linebackers in the system in that he's been systems he's been with have been tagged pressure players but he did mention like demario davis was that type mm-hmm. of linebacker for the saints so i thought that was a pretty cool little interesting thing right um you know he's not saying that all linebackers are viewed that way by him but you know obviously demario davis had a lot of success and as he got yeah. older he got better which is insane but um so yeah it's it's seems like they're going to find ways to maybe sneak Sanders in if he's ready in different spots, like you said, to mm-hmm. make an impact, but not, you know, n- not looking at him in redraft, but um, you know, more for 2024, you know, Josie Jewell, excellent player. He's going to, he's going to have a nice year. Obviously we all hope he stays healthy and, yeah. and does his thing. Um, he's in the last year of his contract. So, you know, that, you know, him potentially looking to get paid in free agency could open up a spot for Sanders. They might not want to pay him and mm-hmm. see if, if uh, Sanders is ready for year two. And uh, so that that's, more why I'm looking, you know, like we talked about patience here. And then the other thing is, you know, hopefully he can get close to Singleton to get some of that greasy tackle efficiency <laughs> to wear off on him. So yeah. that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can hope for is just the uh, yeah. a 
sliver of what uh yeah, Alex just a was bit. able to do yeah yeah but yeah i like that call about uh demario davis i hadn't thought about that um utilizing him in in that kind of way um in sean payton's defense but it does make sense right demario right. davis you know this is a guy who was getting like three four sacks a year uh mm-hmm. in that saints defense and racking up you know 120 tackles or something like that so yeah. um yeah i mean it, that that's a great role for sanders if he if he can emerge there at uh maybe not this year but right or at least maybe in a smaller version of that this year but emerge full-time uh potentially next year would be cool yeah for sure man and i, I like the uh early third call yeah it's a early third, spot yeah. for yeah yeah it's yeah for drafts. i mean if you want to if you if you're high on sanders and you really want he's my lb2 as well right i mean if you're really in on him you want to try to sneak in the late second if you're kind of ho-humming at the offense options but yeah the early third's pretty good time to start looking at him i think yeah too. Call yeah it. i've seen him i've seen him go late second it, it's mm-hmm. not uh, it's not yeah. a crazy reach not but yeah but just more where i'm comfortable taking him obviously is that early kind of third pick mm-hmm. um all right let's go to uh, another third round pick out of washington state what did you think about uh, diane henley going to the chargers yeah henley um you know from the right after the season when i started digging into the tape henley was by far the biggest riser for me as most of uh you know draft is the draft community and and analysts and stuff like henley was a constant name that was rising amongst this linebacker group so i, I was really anxious to see uh where he where he landed i know pff had him rated as number one right um mm-hmm. i believe as when it was all said and done for the draft um so i was really excited to see where henley went and um i i like this uh i like this spot for him but it i think it's going to require some patience um as well you know we're gonna use that word a lot if you're drinking at home i mean you're you're gonna have a buzz <laughs> by the time you're done uh, but uh but yeah I, I like i like the long term potentially when i have to wait it's the biggest investment brandon staley has made at linebacker since he's been there because kenneth murray was a uh, holdover from the previous yeah. um regime uh murray's been you know disappointing um during his time there that's nothing new we, you know it's well documented um they declined his fifth year option so he's, he's likely a goner um they brought in kendricks um eric kendricks you know kendricks is 31 he signed a two-year deal um he's got an out after year one most of those types of deals do um so you know kendrick should run the show this year i think henley has a chance to definitely eat into murray snaps if he shows he's ready to you know play mm-hmm. um significant snaps for the defense because murray just you know he's falling out of favor there but i'm not necessarily putting that pen yet because it's early but i, I like his chances to get on the field um but um, I think there's, you know, a big opportunity for him in year two, especially if they do move on from Kendricks with the out and they look to Henley to be the guy. Um, mm-hmm. It's a nice role for, for IDP production. And he's got the, the skill set of the, you know, modern day LB for what you look for. You know, um, it's just he's a position convert with some things to clean up. And, you know, learning from Eric Kendricks is pretty solid. Um, yeah. It's all dude, solid bet to learn from you. You know, his plays decline now, but he's, you know, He's getting he's getting up there in age, but he's been a really solid IDP asset and NFL player for mm-hmm. you know his career. So um, I, I like the I like the uh, landing spot uh, for Henley. You know, as far as dynasty redraft, it, it, you know, if you if you have a deep bench and you want to take him right. late or something, okay. But um, um, and so I, I'm looking at Henley in that early third range, like Sanders. I mean, I got them mm-hmm. right next to each other, so yeah, um, it's a kind of a tier here as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. That's, that's where I have him as well. He's early third. Um, I, I think is, is, is a, is a fair spot. Um, 
but yeah, this this was one you know where the first like kind of real movement for me comes from like pre-draft to post-draft rankings. And there was LB five for me like pre-draft, and now he's LB three for me here post-draft. And not just because of the order he was drafted in, but because I really like his potential, like you said, to emerge in this defense. Um, but also because I was apparently way too high on Ivan Pace, even though I think the NFL is actually <laughs> way too low. The stupid dumb idiots that they are. Yeah, way um, too low. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <absurd>. yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't think yeah, like you said, he's not he's not necessarily coming for Eric Kendrick's role this season, but yeah. Kenneth Murray that that's the that's mm-hmm. the target for him. Uh, you know, he's proved on multiple occasions now that he he wasn't yeah. worthy of the first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this being a different coaching regime, um, from the one that drafted Murray, I, I just think his days are numbered. Especially like you said that the fifth year option being declined. So, you know, e- even if the LB2 role for the Chargers isn't necessarily like a full-time role. There's there's a chance that he can become that LB1 uh, over time there, either at the end of Kendrick's contract or if he's ever released, like you said. So um, I, there's a decent amount to be excited about with, with Henley, in my opinion, even if it is an immediate success. So um, I, I do like that range for him in the early third. Um, I have him a few spots. Uh, I have him in a few spots. I think, you know, as far as Sanders goes, like for this year, I, I think I have him 12 or 13 spots ahead of Drew Sanders and redraft that is okay. um, because I like his chances to play maybe yep. more IDP relevant snaps in 2023 than Sanders. But again, like you said, these are like deep bench guys at, at best mm-hmm. to start the year. You're not really drafting these guys. Um, it's just kind of for those deeper leagues uh, in 2023, kind of what to expect. But for for rookie drafts, early third is, is a spot that I like for him. I dig it, man. All right. Let's go to Baltimore. Uh, third round pick out of Clemson. It is Trenton Simpson. So Simpson was LB2 for me pre-draft. Um, he fell a little bit further than expected in the draft, but I'm fairly encouraged by the landing spot, especially if we see the Ravens move on from Patrick Queen, which after declining his fifth-year option, also kind of seems likely. Uh, they also just made Pat uh, Roquan Smith the highest-paid linebacker in the league, so I wouldn't blame them if they don't want to also pay like a mid-linebacker like Dean um, <laughs> now as well. So I, I think it makes sense investing in Simpson here, especially giving him a year to essentially redshirt behind Roquan and Queen before potentially stepping into a larger role in year two. Um, you know, th- we talked about a pre-draft, but you know, he adds decent coverage ability. He's a strong blitzer. Um, There's a fair bit to like about him going forward. If he can continue to develop in the NFL, because I do think again, there's patience again, but he'll take a little bit of time at least to really get his legs under him and feel comfortable. Um, Because that was one of the things we talked about uh, pre-draft as well, that there were definitely some warts in college that kind of stood out, right? The biting on play fakes and some covered lapses as well. So, Definitely room for improvement, but really good athlete can do a lot of good things all over the field as a versatile player. So I, I like his chances of succeeding at the next level. Um, another guy that early, maybe to mid third uh, for me in rookie drafts um, is is a good spot, I think, for for Trenton Simpson. Yeah, I, I think you absolutely nailed it. Um, yeah, like you said, once again, patience with these guys with Roquan, obviously the man and, and Queen is there. They decline declined his fifth year option, but you know, he's there and he's gonna he's gonna have his role. And, and um, you know, Simpson's likely gonna have to wait. Um, you know, you you'd think that you don't see a world where 
they go pay Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen's gonna be playing for a contract. They like you said, they paid Roquan. They just gave Lamar the bag. Um, they I don't see them having the money to pay another linebacker if Queen does play a little better and, and wants the bag. Um, so it could be a nice uh, spot for Simpson to step up next year to be next to Roquan. And I kind of I, I kind of like that spot for him. You know, Roquan can hold it down and be the leader of the defense. And uh, Simpson can just use that size athleticism yeah. and just run and hit. And um, he does. There are some coverage lapses, but he there was some really nice flashes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I said, there was some. So I charted some some snaps where he was able to carry the tight end up to scene and turn his head and make a play on the ball. So you see it's yeah. there. So if they can just get that more consistently out of him, I mean, he's got a lot to offer. And he mentioned the blitzing ability. Um, he's, uh, you know, the the skills are there. It's just the consist consistency thing. And and I think it, it'd be a nice role if he could slide into that role next year next to Roquan. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like this spot next year for Simpson. Mm -hmm. But this year, you know, he's, he's pretty roadblocked, it looks right, right now. And um, yeah, I, I like that really to mid third spot in, in rookie drafts as well. I mean, I got like I said, I got a tier here of four guys that are you know right. going to be they're going to they're going to go pretty dang close to each other. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like it. I, it's a good call. And um, yeah, we'll we'll he could be on a breakout list next year, but for this year, uh, we'll we'll probably be avoiding him in, yeah. in most uh, redrafts, anyways. I like that breakout list, Cocky. That's a pretty going to be a popular. Oh yeah, it's going to be a big yeah. one for next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. excellent call. Oh man. Um. All right, let's go to another third round linebacker. Uh, Demari Demarvion Overshone gets drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, a third round pick out of Texas. What did you think about uh, Overshone going to the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean he's a Dallas or a Texas guy, so going to Dallas is pretty exciting. Yeah. Coming from Texas, um, yeah, I, I think I might have been a little bit higher on Overshone. Uh, just kind of, you know, his his uh, tape. You, you see him launching to make tackles and making these exciting plays. There's a lot of highs and lows, so he he was a tough eval sometimes. But um, yeah, the Dallas spot. You know, I've I've seen reports where they Dallas has said they envisioned Overshone as a will linebacker, which makes sense with you know his skill set and athleticism. It, it, I can't remember who exactly made that statement, but I did read it somewhere. I swear. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, LVE they brought him back. To, he's going to have his spot. He's injury prone. Um, it looks like Damone Clark's probably the leader in the clubhouse for the other spot. As it sits today, it's early. Um, him and Jabril Cox are they the biggest hills to climb to relevancy? No, uh, I mean, you, you do like the fact that Overshone has the day two third round draft capital investment, which those guys were around four guys. I know Clark had the injury, the neck fusion, I believe, mm -hmm. um, that made him slide. You know, there's people that were higher at him than others. But, um, you know, those Clark and, and Jabril Cox, you know, not the biggest hills to climb if Overshone can, um, you know, improve on some of the things. You know, he's he's got some warts in his game, as you said, with Simpson as well. Um, so I'm not expecting a ton in year one, but um, – I do like him, you know, he has a chance in year two to, to find a role should he developed. Um, I think him sitting and learning a bit in year one is a good thing because I think, you know, his play, his tape was, it was a lot of highs, you know, a lot of highs and lows, peaks and valleys, as they say, whatever. Um, but he's got the tools to succeed, I think, in the athleticism and coverage potential. And I know Dallas had mentioned they liked his ability in there to be able to turn and run and stuff like that. And he's got the size and length to match up with tight ends and do some things and, um, you know, so LVE's, you know, he, he, he struggles with injury. He, he held up for him pretty well last year. Um, he's getting a little older and those other guys aren't necessarily, um, 
you know, they haven't asserted themselves as big time players yet in Clark right. and Cox. Could they, who knows? But um, I, I do like Overshown um, down the road, but this year I'm not expecting much. And I think it might be a good thing for him to just sit and learn mm-hmm. and, um, you know, take in the transition to the league and, and get some finer tuning and stuff. But uh, I, I, I do like his ability and, and the chance and his, his ability, athleticism, the chances that it could translate um, in year two. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really fair take for him. I, I mean, I, Obviously, really like the third round capital for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though I didn't necessarily love him prior to the draft, I, I think he was like LB8 for me. And so, honestly, I have a harder time getting like too excited about him in Dallas yeah. right now. And it could change, obviously, depending on his usage. But the Cowboys were not really a great linebacker landing spot as right. far as I was concerned. And, and not necessarily because of like real competition for snaps with it just being pretty much LVE, um, but just in how they use their linebackers, their defense is far from ideal for optimal IDP production from that position. You know, the, the Cowboys under Dan Quinn ranked 23rd as far as being a, a tackle friendly defense, mostly because of how much man coverages they ran. Um, but the other thing was how often they took their top linebacker off the field last year. Um, LB one for them averaged just under 84% of the defensive snaps on a weekly basis. So obviously that wasn't great for someone like LVE who was outside of the top 50 linebackers and points per game in most of my leagues last year. So re- really not ideal now. And, and part of that is because they utilize a lot of the three safety looks with mm-hmm. J Ron curse and Donovan Wilson getting work in the box. And they're both back this year, along with Malik hooker. And then you, then you add in, you know, the snaps that they'll put Micah Parsons in that spot on occasion as well. So yep. that, that LB one spot, kind of sucks for them if it isn't going to be like a top tier linebacker um then i'm not going to be too excited there and then you know with, with all that said about the lb1 spot obviously there's a trickle down effect to whoever wins lb2 role and, yeah. and lb3 after that I, I, you start to like it even less so yep. you know five round rookie drafts he's not typically someone i'm considering just because i think there are maybe a few better dart throws at other positions to target um to close out drafts so overshown to me he just kind of falls outside of that range i i don't think it's impossible that he could end up being idp relevant by by any means i just feel that it's on his less likely range of outcomes at least for year one um like you said it it could be something more for next year but even then it's it's going to depend on who the defensive coordinator is Mm -hmm. who else is in the building and and things like that so um a little bit riskier i think for for overshown but if you want them in round five, that's not a bad spot. For the most part, I'm trying to wait a little bit until after that uh, range. No, absolutely. And I, you made some excellent points with the three safeties there. They're all coming back. They're going to have Jaron Curse and Donovan Wilson and, and Hooker all on the field, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, yeah, like you, you, you nailed it. Like there's just, it, it's not a great IDP spot, landing spot. Yeah. You know, as far as that goes, you know, like you said, snap percent wise and in the way they utilize these guys. And that's, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. It's, he's got some hurdles to overcome. Um, you know, I, I do uh, like his, his ability, like I said, and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and the, he is a different player than LVE and, and some of these other guys. He's got, he's got a little bit more to offer athletically and stuff, but yeah, he's got some hurdles to overcome before he is, you know, somebody you're willing to throw your lineup every week. And I mean, I, I'm a little more apt to throw a dart on them and throw in my taxi squad as a stash guy in like the late fourth, early fifth. I've, I've done it. Yeah. And when these linebackers start going off the board and he's like the last of the, we're going to talk about another guy where people are excited about here next, but overshone's kind of the last of the 
linebackers that you're mm-hmm. kind of interested in to, you know, go get if, you know, once right. Sanders, Simpson, Henley, and, you know, um, this other guy we're going to talk about here quickly, not to give yeah. a spoiler word, but yeah, no, you make some <laughs> great points. It's not the greatest landing spot, but I think there's a chance he's at least IDP relevant year two, but year one. Yeah. And I don't see it. And I, um, I think he's, he's a taxi stash guy that um, you're just hoping he makes some buzz in camp uh, year two and either ride mm-hmm. it out or cash out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It is, there. there is that kind of like tier of guys. Right. And I yeah. think you're right. Overshone is in it. And then obviously this next guy here, Dorian Williams, yeah. um, who also be, was a third round pick uh, coming out of Tulane goes to the Buffalo bills. So, I know we both liked Williams in about this range where he was drafted, kind of the, the middle of this class's linebackers. So, and there's now I think a fair bit of excitement that he'll potentially win the starting job next to Milano, which, you know, it's definitely not impossible, um, but he will have to beat out at least, you know, last year's third rounder Terrell Bernard for the job. But uh, I don't think it's just him compete him that he's competing against uh, Tyrell Dodson mm-hmm. by all accounts from, from the coaching staff and, and Bill's management is a big part of this starting job competition. So almost every time last year, if you look at it, that Tremaine Edmonds was out, it was Dodson that filled in because of how the bills viewed their linebackers and how they, um classified these guys in their roles they referred to Edmonds as their their Mike linebacker and mm-hmm. and he had a direct backup for that role in Tyrell Dodson where they viewed Milano more as their their will linebacker and Bernard was his direct replacement and we saw that kind of emerge as a trend when those guys missed time so there's probably going to be some similar thinking again this season, just based on listening to the coaches, how they refer to these guys. So I I think the main thing for figuring out who's starting next to Milano is paying attention to who is the favorite for that Mike role. Um, It's where you'll want to pay attention as of now. Uh, It sounds like it's Tyrell Dodson is, is the favorite in Bill's camp, but Williams and Bernard, seem like they're getting a fair shot as well i mean even aj klein could mix in given his experience with the team and and having started for them as well so it's i think it's a little messier than than uh than people might believe um initially here with williams getting picked in the third and and not really thinking of of dodson but um it definitely not impossible for him to emerge so he he's another one of those guys i think fifth round at best um you know, depending on the league and scoring, maybe the fourth, but um, yeah, fifth round and later is, is where I was looking at him. Yeah. Uh, drafts. Right on. Yeah. I, that you make excellent points, right? Because um, you know, the, we're all waiting to see if Buffalo drafted somebody to replace Tremaine Edmonds that, you know, the whole at the, at the mic spot, as you said, that was glaring because Milano's there and, and he's doing his thing. And, um, you know, Dorian Williams was a guy that was getting some serious buzz um, leading up to the draft, you know, as far as his linebacker class goes, because we were looking for guys to generate some buzz and him and Henley were kind of guys that were making waves. Um, So, you know, yeah, green. I love it. (laughs) Man, that's fantastic. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So, you know, and then after they drafted him, uh, you know, the GM Brandon Bean initially had said he, 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 would initially start out as a quote unquote outside linebacker, which was that will spot you're talking about. But then at OTAs, they had Williams uh, working in the middle, um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's early, you know, that middle spot is the Edmund spot. As you said, it's, it's early and they could just be giving him some looks there just to see mm-hmm. how he does it, it. 
I mean, it's certainly interesting. It's a good thing they're willing to just throw him in there. But yeah, he does have hurdles to overcome, right? With Dotson, who's been there, and they like you made a great point. Like last year, he was the guy who stepped in to that yeah. spot, right? So he's going to beat him out. And Terrell Bernard's not going away. He's been making plays um, at OTAs and stuff. I know it's early, but he's going to be hungry to try to get some snaps too, man. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, if he can, um, you know. He's he's got a nice skill set. He really yeah. does. You know, he was. I, I know you. Uh, you made some really great points on how he was a little uh, hesitant sometimes on his reads. Right. Didn't always. You know, and I think that's going to be a really big thing to clean up. Right. Um, it's going to be important that he's he's a little more aggressive and uh, get, gets downhill quicker. But um, but I mean, like he's got that athleticism. Besides, he's got long, them really long arms. You know, mm-hmm. he can get in passing lanes and he can really affect the game in coverage. He can turn around with guys. So he's got a lot of things going for him, but it, there is some some hurdles to climb, climb for him. Um, AJ Klein could be one of them. I just uh, work that in. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Dots and Bernard Klein, you know, those guys will be fighting with them in camp. But um, if he can, you know, get that spot next to Milano at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting for IDP as, you know, Buffalo just sits in that nickel, rolls those two LBs mm-hmm. out, and, um, you know, it, he's on the field, which we love that for uh, for IDP. We want those three down LBs as this, the league just transitions to some packages and coverage players yeah. getting on the field, as he <laughs> talked about with Dallas. You know, yeah. he, you know, we went from the Dallas system to this system. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, this this is certainly more ideal with, um, with the amount of nickel they play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little more apt to jump at him earlier, um, you sure. know, one. Once you see Sanders and Henley and Simpson come off the board, I mean, I've seen Williams go ahead of a couple of those guys in drafts too. I mean, people, obviously, people are going to be like, "Oh, Buffalo, there's opening, right?" Right. Um, you dig a little deeper, there are some hurdles. Like, I think you made some great points there, John, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I got him. You know, like uh, early fourth. Um, I'm willing okay. to start looking at him like before Overshone. I think Overshone's the last guy for me that, like I was saying, I'm interested in. And Williams, you know, I'm like as as these guys start going, I'm like, oh, I want him, you know. And if right. if I don't get him, then I'm jumping at Overshone because he's the last guy I really kind of care about. You yeah, know? not to spoil the rest of this, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, that's going to be that Buffalo training camp battle and all the yeah. news coming out. It's going to be fun to really keep track of how that goes because it's. Uh, there's a lot of snaps to be had and some productive yeah. ones. So um, these guys are all fighting for them. So it's going to be cool to see how it all how it all uh, works out. Yeah, for sure. It is. I mean, if you're drafting today, like, you know, you address it the way you would, like, ambiguous running back situations yeah, in those deeper leagues, right? You just yeah. take the cheapest guy and, and hope yep. for the best. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's one point. of those ones. Like, yeah, if you're doing an IDP best ball or something here, like what the IDP show is yep. doing. Um, you got Dodson, you got Bernard, you got Dorian Williams, whoever the cheapest guy is of that group. Yep. I found it's usually been Dodson. Um, that's that's the guy that I'll just take a shot on late. Um, Love that. Take the value, player. right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So now, like you said, um, we start to get into... <laughs> uh the other guys uh it's uh it's and the rest uh we'll call yeah. them it's right. um i don't know uh how much we should spend on these guys but we'll talk about them uh um, yeah what did you think of uh ventral miller going to the jacksonville jaguars in the fourth round the only yeah. fourth round pick linebacker right yeah he was the only fourth round hey wild um yeah. yeah this is a bit of a surprise for me um i know that he was the only name on the first 10 we hadn't, hadn't covered on the pre-draft episode. So I just kind of threw down a few scouting notes. I had him. I did watch his tape. I actually watched some of his tape last year too, because he was looking at maybe coming out, but um, 
Uh, I thought overall he's a pretty smart player with uh, you know pretty good zone awareness. This is a couple of the, the, the better notes I had. Um, I thought he his change of direction kind of hindered him a little bit as far as his play went. So uh, not great there, and he struggled um, if he didn't see it. And blockers got into his frame. Uh, you know he got washed out as most most of these guys do. So those were, those were just a few of the scouting notes I had because I know we didn't cover mm-hmm. pre-draft, but. Um, he was okay. I was kind of surprised he went in the fourth round. I'm not kind of surprised. I was really surprised he went in the fourth right. round. And somebody that were a big fan of didn't even get drafted. And this guy goes yeah. in the fourth. Uh, shout out Ivan Pace. We'll talk about him at some point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not not excited about his chances at all to make an impact for IDP when you look at Jacksonville's depth chart. I mean, Foya, Lucon, Devin Lloyd, they invested in the first-round pick in last year. And I'm not giving up on Chad Mooma yet either. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I don't see him. He's not passing those guys up. He's uh Miller will he'll be depth in special teams if he wants to yeah. contribute. So yeah. And and honestly, I'm glad that you watched some of his tape. I, I didn't even bother because yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't find a way to justify yeah. him as an IDP asset for, for 2023 or even for Dynasty at this point, because like you said, they gave Foyer the bag, they drafted Lloyd in the first, uh, followed by Chad Muma in the third. So I, I mean, I guess my only question is like, what is Jacksonville's obsession with the linebacker oh, position? God, I, I <laughs> you know, I mean to each his own, but there's, there's probably other valuable positions that could be worth addressing, but you know, what the hell do I know? I not like I'm yeah. a all 22 champion or anything, but uh... <laughs> Hey dude, you earned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a big part of my resume when I apply for yeah. general manager jobs is Love it. 22 champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. man. I'll, you know, if you need a reference, let me know, man, I'll, I'll vote for you. Sounds and, good. Uh, I will charge the gates, man. Um, you just got I, yourself promoted to assistant GM for that. Yes. Guy, so I think. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to find out that I probably watched Ventrell Miller tape when my kids were on the seventh or eighth run of Bluey. So right. <laughs> that's probably, I want to say that's how I ended up watching it. So yeah, that'll do it, man. Yeah. It, it, as yeah. good as a show as Bluey it's a great is, show. there's, there's only yeah. so much you could take before you're yeah. like, all right, that's enough now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so another guy here we go into the the fifth round uh noah sewell uh the are the artist formerly known as noah sewell i should say uh rigatoni sewell goes to the chicago bears the fifth round pick out of oregon um so sewell really just continuing to disappoint us here i guess um you know yeah. from not only not being named rigatoni sewell to landing in chicago uh, where we've already witnessed the death of Jack Sanborn, thanks to them bringing in TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. So it's just not much of a shot to see the field, barring a few injuries. I, I mean, I don't even know if Rigatoni is the appropriate name for him anymore, <laughs> since he's not so much the pasta itself with his backup yeah. role, but more like of like an accoutrement on the pasta, like a piece of basil or something. So I, I'm probably downgrading him once again to Basilico Sewell um, because I, I can really just take him or leave him at this point. He, he's not someone I'm drafting uh, because I didn't like the talent enough coming out to, to really get too excited about him. So um, the YouTube crowd gets a nice, che- uh, nice treat there with that delicious bowl of pasta. Love that. Um, but yeah, how about you? Any, any more optimism than, than me on Sewell? No, I'm just like you said, continues to disappoint, right? Yeah. And um, I guess my note was um, as far as draft round or how much I care about him is uh, I put I'm gonna pass on Rigatoni and I'll wait until Spaghetti Sewell is eligible for the draft. <laughs> I assume he's the next one to come through. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I'm gonna pass it, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Spaghetti Sewell will be the guy. 
I love it. There's <laughs> always another pasta coming down. Yeah, it's all you, there's got to be. Can eat pasta here. At, yeah, <laughs> I'm a big pasta guy. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, love pasta. Love yeah. pasta. <laughs> all right, so we we don't have to talk about the the pasta man anymore. We can move on to Servasier uh, Dennis. So this one maybe a little bit more interesting, but uh, another fifth round pick, Servasier uh, Dennis. I remember he was one of your sleepers uh, in the pre-draft episode. He goes to the Buccaneers uh, in the fifth round out of Pitt. What did you think about Servasier uh, to the Bucks? Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we talked about him a little bit as a sleeper uh, leading up to the draft. And, um, you know, this is a, a nice spot, I think, as far as I know he's a fifth round pick, but, you know, you look at Tampa Bay's roster, Levante Davis, 97 years old. Yep. It's a one year deal um, to, to stay in Tampa. It's, you know, you think it's his last ride. Um, Devin White's in the last year, his rookie deal on the fifth year option, and he had reportedly requested a trade. Um, mm -hmm. Not great. You'd think they'd figure that out, but you never know. Um, but uh, even if they do figure that out, um, you look at Levante David, he's going to be 98 next year if he's 97 this year. Right. Um, he's probably not coming back. Uh, their depth chart, they got guys like KJ Britt, and I thought it said Ulysses S. Grant, shout out former president. Uh, <laughs> It's Ulysses Gilbert. Um, yeah. So those guys, you know, I don't know if those are real guys or not. But so there's a chance for Servasier uh, Dennis to, you know, if he can um, have a nice camp, make generate some buzz in uh, this offseason, maybe, you know, really come up as the, you know, top reserve even this year with these guys. You know, you never know. But next year, um, there's yeah. a chance. I mean, it's a fifth round investment's not huge, but I mean, at least you got drafted, right? And in the spot, there is opportunity with with uh david you know obviously probably not coming back for another season mm -hmm. and um could be a nice spot for him granted if they do make it work with white but uh he gets to learn i think getting to learn from levante david's a good thing too for him it, it mm -hmm. can really you know, he gets a chance to sit there and learn from him and and uh i think he's worth the stash and it could pay off next year and as i mentioned the other guy he's a guy you know if he starts getting some spicy camp news and everybody's you know piping him up a little bit you could ride him out or cash him out you know yep. and uh he, he could be one of them guys and you know it, you can see see at that point what you want to do with him there's a chance anyway that he's relevant compared to uh rigatoni and uh yeah uh ventro miller so yeah yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. He's he's one of my favorite kind of sleeper targets um, now post-draft here. Um, like you said, Devin White requesting the trade. I, I don't know that they're going to be giving him the contract that he's looking for in Tampa. Levante David, obviously one of the goats at the linebacker yeah, position. Dude. I love Levante David. Me too. Um, but yeah, like you said, getting up there in age, just a one-year contract. I feel like he just kind of wants to maybe finish his career up yep. in Tampa Bay. Um, so yeah, even though it's a fifth round pick, you know, there, there could be opportunity for Servasia Dennis just based on, like you said, that depth chart um, being extremely thin. So maybe down the road next year, as soon as next year, there is an opportunity. This is a guy last year um, who posted the second highest run defense grade uh, in the entire country among linebackers at 92.1. Um, surprisingly earned a strong 77.5 coverage grade as well, even though he isn't really known for his coverage skill. Um, but Tampa has played Devin White for like 4,000 snaps the last four years, so probably not a huge concern of theirs. Um, also had an excellent 4.9% missed tackle rate last year, which we know from this class was kind of a rarity, just talking mm -hmm. about them pre-draft. And then you add in how much the Bucks like to blitz their linebackers. Um, Dennis had 
actually decent success playing that role as well with 16 sacks over the last two seasons. So definitely a player I'm interested in stashing on the taxi squad usually as like a post-draft target for me. But if you want to add him near the end of a, a five or six round draft, seven round draft, I, I don't hate it. But usually that's where I'm targeting him in is after drafts. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think, like you said, those deeper drafts, six, seven, eight rounds, if you want, I've taken a few shots on him. And really, I mean, after, you know, those guys that we liked, he's, you know, one of the names that, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to be putting in your draft list that you're eyeing up. Yeah. Um, so no, that's, and the, I mean, those, the, the stats and the grades and stuff, I mean, the dude can play and yeah. there is an opportunity. Um, I know I said Devontae David was old and everything, but he is, like you said, a goat. I hate to hate on him for his age because I'm old too, <laughs> but he is, dude, I, you gotta love Levante David, and I, yeah. you know, I think Dennis has a great opportunity to learn from him, and you know, maybe latch on to something for next year. So, um, yeah, good stuff, man. I, I like taking a shot at him as a stash if you got room on a deep taxi or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice spot, and like you said, they, I mean, they they might address the position next year. Who knows what they're doing? But they're kind of a rebuilding team. I don't know where they're at. You know, like what their plan is going forward, but there's not a lot of great, like kind of future pieces on that yeah. team right now. So it's yeah. very possible that they go the same route as, you know, like the Rams or something and just don't even touch yeah. the positions, but we'll see. Um, all right. Last guy uh, of the 10 that were first drafted here at the linebacker position was Henry To'o To'o goes to the Houston Texans, uh, fifth round pick out of Alabama and another duck sized horse to add to the Texans linebacker room and, and have to deal with here. Um, that is a callback to last year's oh. draft episode for, uh, for anybody that missed that one. But um, yeah, I, I think Denzel Perriman and Christian Kirksey are probably the favorites to start in Houston, just kind of based on their experience in the league as, as the established starters. Um, although not like they're the, best of the best in that category so i wouldn't necessarily lock it in um that's just kind of my feeling on on the situation is perriman and kirksey and and then you got to like you know christian harris Corey littleton freaking neville hewitt uh, among other horselings uh who could all find their way onto the field at some point this season whether it's you know injury to fragile starters or or limiting snaps of those poor performers from like those you know mid starters whoever it ends up being so it's not a terrible spot for To'o To'o, especially after, you know, his Alabama brother, Christian Harris, was exceptionally bad last year. So maybe, you know, old Hank here can impress the new coaching staff. And at the very least, pretty much all these other guys have contracts at the end of this season anyways. So um, that, sorry, contracts that end at the end of this season anyway. So not a bad player to take a shot on. I think kind of, again, late in drafts, post-draft, a lot of the time it is going to be the 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 ideal spot for him is after rookie draft. So maybe more of a, a, a linebacker taxi squad stash uh, for Toto, but not that I want to spend too many taxi squad spots on, a, on right. a linebacker, but if you need one, he's a possibility. No, I mean, that's a great call. And I think your shout out to the shout out on the, uh, the horselings call. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. That's probably a top 10 animal combination call of all time in my book. Right. I, I would say <laughs> I would say that's that's just good stuff, man. Um, I'm right with you with Toto, though. Um, I don't see him making much of an impact early on 
uh, and this year when you look at early on in the year when you look at their mm-hmm. depth chart like you said they got the old vets and perryman and kirksey um you got a guy like christian harris he struggled as a rookie he's gonna be eager to you know prove himself a little bit in year two um you know obviously those guys are likely ahead of him um i do like the fact that Demico ryan's decided to draft 2020 and see what he's got i guess um and I do like the fact he comes from the SEC with a lot of experience. And, and you noted experience uh, earlier in the in the show tonight that experience is important. And he does bring mm-hmm. that. He's got some other issues, but he is an experienced player in, you know, the biggest college conference, as everybody knows, with the SEC. Um, I mean, there's a chance at the end of the year he gets some run. I think you alluded to that. If, you know, if uh, things aren't going well and they want to see what he can do. Um, he could get out there and, and mix it up a little bit. Cause like you mentioned, these vets are on like one year deals and, you know, Houston's a rebuilding team. You don't foresee them, you know, I think they're going to be better, but you know, how much better mm-hmm. who the hell knows. Right. But um, uh, yeah, they, you know, you'd think if things aren't going great, they might sneak him out there just if they like what they're seeing in practice. And, you know, he brings his lunch pail and he's, you know, doing the Jack Campbell routine, you know, he could, uh, he could sneak out there late in the year. And, and that makes him like a stash guy, like you said, for me, just in case. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. throw, don't stash a ton of linebackers that could be nothing, but he's one of the guys you might, you might want to take a shot on, you know? Yeah. If you miss out on like a Servassier Dennis or, yep. you know, one of these other guys, then yeah, that I, I don't mind taking a, taking a taxi squad spot for him if you mm-hmm. have the room, but um, really just kind of hoping at that point, I think so. Um, but yeah, that that's the first 10 linebackers drafted. We both have a, a sleeper that we could talk about here. Um, I guess since we're sticking with the, the, the order of when these guys were drafted, we could start things off with uh, uh, Owen Papo uh, going to the Arizona Cardinals in the fifth round out of Auburn. What, what do you think? What do you like about uh, Papo's situation in uh, Arizona? Yeah, you know he's a guy we covered pre-draft, and um, he ran the blazing forty. What was it, four three nine? And you know, obviously got everybody's attention. Um, the, the thing I like, I mean, it's a fifth round pick. Um, it's great they draft him. The, the thing I do like is the new staff there mm-hmm. um, with. Um, uh, Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, Jesus, um, Gannon and Ral- uh, Rallis, I believe, is was is his DC right. and uh, which is his linebackers coach in Philly. Um, so I like the fact that they decided to to take him and bring him in, considering they're stuck with a bunch of holdovers right now. That mm-hmm. you know Arizona didn't know what the hell to do with it seems like half the time. <laughs> um, and then you know there is questions surrounding. Um, you know, what is even Collins' role going to be there? You know, it's early and you don't want to buy into everything too much early, but they are talking about him possibly seeing time outside. I, I mean, I'd still hold note for Zavin. I was a huge fan. I got, the, you know, the tattoo. It's going to be there forever. I just hope it <laughs> holds up. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, those questions. And, uh, you know, they brought in Kaiser White, who's a Gannon guy from last year, so they know what they got there. But um, I do, I just, I do like the fact that they decided to bring Papo in, and, and I, you know, as far as a processor, I think he's got a ways to go. But they obviously see something they like in him, and um, you know, that's uh, that Gannon system. You know, it it provides some nice IDP production on uh, Philly, and if they can harness the athleticism Papo has, and, you know, he's a guy that played at Auburn for he was a contributor for four years. He's experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can get with get him to develop. And so what they're looking for, he's got a shot. And, and I like him as a, a possible stash guy too. If, if you got, you know, again, deep, deep taxis and, uh, and whatnot. So. For sure. Yeah. I, I, that, that's pretty much the same things that I like about him as well. I mean, like you said, the, the new coaching staff, I think really helps because yeah. um, 
we don't know how they're they're going to view the guys that were already there and and mm. it sounds like they're already trying to move things around to find better fits for them like you said Zayvon Collins has been working out with the edge rushers which also happens to be maybe a bigger and more important area need for good the point. Cardinals right yeah, so really good, really good point um yeah so we'll, we'll see I mean they, they got Isaiah Simmons who spent the majority of his snaps in the slot last year after working with the DBs last offseason so mm. um you know, there, there's there's a lot of uh, questions about these guys that were classified as linebackers in Arizona. I know Gannon brought uh, Kaiser White with him from Philadelphia as well, and now they bring in Owen Papo as well, who both those guys maybe project a little bit more to a, an orthodox linebacker role than Collins or Simmons in 2023, but we'll see. It's still, like you said, very early in the offseason. This could all turn out to be smoke, but um, if not, Papo is certainly worth taking a shot on after drafts that maybe turns into something that could be fantasy relevant because it is a decent role for whoever ends up getting it um, as a starting linebacker in uh, Arizona in Gannon's system. All right, here we go. Last guy. Um, <laughs> it's a sleeper, but uh, is, he was one yeah. of a favorites pre-draft. It is Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, goes... Well, does it go? He, he was signed by the Minnesota Vikings Such as a, a UDFA, UDFA out of Cincinnati. Yeah. And I, I have a real serious bone to pick with the NFL on this mm. one. I mean, how I, I almost swore somehow. Uh, I, I haven't <laughs> swore on this podcast. I almost did it. Um, but how does Ivan Pace not get drafted? I, this is to yeah. me is crazy. I mean, this is the NFL just being a bunch of sizists, right? Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> is that a thing? I think yeah. uh, he just, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it has to be the size because everything that he put on tape showed that he could overcome that size. He was an excellent run defender. He did everything well as a blitzer um, and he had some coverage skills as well. It was just that he was a smaller linebacker. So maybe that is it. Maybe there was something else going on, but I, I was pretty bummed that he didn't get drafted. And, uh, but this was, uh, the the ideal landing spot for me when we did this pre-draft. I really liked him as a fit in Minnesota because he brings kind of everything that Brian Flores would want from his mm -hmm. linebackers. Like we said, you know, excellent blitzer, maybe the best in this class among the linebackers, um, comfortable around the line of scrimmage despite his size. And then he could excel in man coverage as well. We saw that at the senior bowl in those one-on-one yeah. -on -one reps as well. So, you know, the only problem is obviously that he went undrafted somehow, but it's not like UDFAs don't make an impact. We saw it last year from Jack Sanborn and mm -hmm. even Jack Sanborn's new teammate, TJ Edwards was a UDFA out of Wisconsin. So not impossible. I, I, so I don't know. I still really like the fit for Ivan Pace in Minnesota. I don't mind that he's a UDFA. It just means we're going to get him cheaper. Uh, if you want to stash him on the taxi squad, I'm just not ready to announce the time of death on him just yet. Even, <laughs> even with Jordan Hicks and, and Brian Osamoa and, you know, Troy die, I guess there, there's, yeah. there's opportunity for pace to earn himself a roster spot on this team. And I think it starts there before we focus on him being like an IDP asset just getting on the on the team and then becoming a, a starter um there there's a path there in minnesota absolutely man i think you crushed it and i i couldn't agree more i i got a bone to pick with the nfl i'm very disappointed that yeah. they did not draft this guy um i know we were both just huge fans of his tape um it was just outstanding overall i mean his, like you said there was even glimpses in man coverage in those one-on-one -on -one drills at the senior bowl which are designed 
yeah. <laughs> for him to lose, and he still won. Those yeah. are the toughest things to do, and he did it. But I mean, his tape is as a blitzer, he was just tenacious with his timing, his burst, is you know, he just he sees everything well, gets to his spot, hits and wraps up. Um, it, they're just sizes, man. It, it's got to be right. It's got to be yep. the, the arm length and, and just the overall that compact small build. Um, yeah, stout stout build, great right. torso. I mean. Best in the class, easily. That easily, mid, mid easily draft. the best. Yeah, I mean, Zal Lowen should have got him on day two. Yeah, yeah, it is incredible. I, Dude is a I, beauty. This is my vision board here, basically, for what, yeah. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm working towards with this uh, <laughs> the Ivan Pace crop top shots. I'll be honest, it makes me want to work out. And yeah. I, I don't like <laughs> physical exercise at all. So <laughs> he's an inspiration. Um, inspiration. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think there's a really good chance he makes the team. I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, for a UDFA chance. You yeah. Know, because you look at, I, I had a note here. I said, because the, behind uh, Jordan Hicks and Brian Asamoah is the mid Troy bros, Troy reader mm-hmm. and Troy die. I mean, not right. exciting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, that's the only real depth behind those two guys. And yeah. um, you know, I think pace should be pretty pissed off that they passed the NFL passed on them and, this you nailed it with the landing spot before the draft and after him landing in that Flores aggressive scheme, I think fits him well. Yeah. And um these other guys, you know, the mid bros, they're 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 whatever. They're mid. You know? That's what <laughs> they're they mid. are. They're <laughs> mid. Yeah. 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 Just uh just mid. So I mean I mean I'm I don't know about you. I think I'm more apt to take a shot on pace than like Ventron yeah. Miller, Miller or Tony oh, yeah. or you know, I mean I don't think it's really even a question. I mean yeah. it's like his odds to be relevant much more, even though he didn't get drafted. So, oh yeah, Ab- uh, absolutely. I've I've definitely taken more shots on Ivan Pace than yeah. than any of those guys that mm-hmm. after drafts. And you know, th- the NFL's wrong a lot, but they're wrong on linebackers even more so. I find good so. Point. Um, yeah, just trusting the talent. I I think, like you said, there's a good chance that he could emerge there as a starter. So, um. I like taking the shot. It costs basically nothing right, right now. So you may as well try it if, if you need us, if you need someone, if you if you feel the way we do about the talent and, and the mm-hmm. landing spot, um, take a shot on him over, you know, the Ventral Millers and, and uh Riccatelli yep. Sewells of the world. He he's probably the primo Johnny the Greek price of a most click guy. Shout out right. Johnny, right? Because after your yep. draft, they might people might see the draft camp with the other guys, and you can just go click, um, you know, free agent ad. Oh yeah, put them on your taxi. So shout out Johnny. He's my uh, price of a most click player of the linebacker class here. Absolutely, yes, sir. And yeah, we'll get the hashtag going. Um, hashtag Justin Justice for Ivan Pay. Oh yeah, Ivan absolutely. <laughs> yeah, tonight it's going to start trending as soon as we wrap right. this up. Yeah, yeah. YouTube good. crowds, they're going to get in on it. Yeah. Now they're going to come strong. We're going to take over. Yeah, it's it's happening. Yeah, I could feel it. But <laughs> there we have it. Um, that is all of our rookie previews and reviews, pre-draft and post-draft, completely wrapped. Uh, I, I can't thank Joey the Tooth, John Glosser, and of course, Kyle Bellafuel enough for, for doubling up with me on these episodes to do this every year. I, I absolutely love talking rookies and, and getting to chat with these fine gentlemen just makes it all the more better. So Kyle, truly, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, man. And I really do, man. I really appreciate you asking me to come on and do these shows each year. I look forward to it. It's great to hang with you before the show and, and uh, just, you know, catch up and then and then dive into the the fun stuff of the of the players we're going to talk about and stuff I, mean, I really appreciate you you know hitting me up and inviting me on each year and um you absolutely crushed it shout out to johnny 
I mean, John, I got jo- shout out Johnny the Greek again, too. And right. I can never get Johnny enough sh- shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to John uh, Glasser and Joe. You guys, uh, they crushed it as well. You guys nailed the defensive line and the uh, um, safety shows. So um, they, those were fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it's fun. It, it's always fun to talk rookies, especially so close to the draft. I know we're a little further out now, but uh, it's still it's it's a fun time of year, the off season, because mostly surrounding the excitement around rookies, but mm-hmm. also because we get to talk uh, to you and uh, and get you on here and get your insight and knowledge, which is is elite. So I, I do really appreciate that, man. I appreciate saying that, man. I really do. Thanks. <laughs> No problem, buddy. Anytime. And um, yeah, as far as uh, going forward here, please remind uh, the good people where they can find uh, you and your work. Oh, right on. Yeah, you can uh, find all my work over at uh, footballguys.com. Um, I had some stuff come out during the, you know, the post-draft rookie season at its height. I had a few things come out, been a little slow lately uh, with content, uh, been pretty busy with other things here, but uh, we'll wrap back up here in a little bit and, and start uh, updating the ranks and putting some articles together and I uh, look forward to doing that, but you can find my work over there and um, you can hit me up on Twitter at, at KBell54 anytime. Um, don't haven't been posting a lot, but I'm always hanging around if you have any questions and I'm happy to help out if I can, man nice yeah and if anybody's going to complain about kyle not being on twitter very often you could just blame these crazy baseball parents that are trying to fight him while he umpires <laughs> games uh yeah, man. He, i can only he's take put so his much. life on the line man he's put... <laughs> yeah it only takes so much man exactly <laughs> but yeah appreciate it buddy it definitely go check out kyle over at football guys um and then for me everything i write up you know is on pff.com um, by the time most of you are listening to this, I'll have a 30 round offense plus IDP draft strategy strategy walkthrough um, up on the site. So please check that out as well as uh, my quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, D line and defensive back tiers uh, for the 2023 season, plus a bunch more of stuff coming soon. Uh But yeah, next episode, we move off the rookies, probably, uh, to talk some of the more known IDPs and focus in on the 2023 season with the amazing Tom Kislingberry. You will not want to miss that. So until then, thank you all for listening and IDP's out.